This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 67 of Go To Grandma. I'm your host and go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth. And today, once again, we are going to fulfill our core promise of fun and facts. Fashion is fun, right? Grandmas are fun too, right? And grandmas can be fashionable as well, right? Stylist Eva Gerbesic thinks so, and she's here today to break down the coastal grandma look. Haven't heard of it? It made the rounds on social media, most specifically on TikTok. And besides telling us how to achieve the coastal grandma look and why it's so popular, not just for grandmas, Eva is also going to talk about TikTok is changing the way people see grandparents and aging. Super fun. Factually, we know that we need to take care of our insides as well as our outsides. In fact, more importantly so. November is Diabetes Awareness Month. Do you know how diabetes can affect your heart? What factors increase the risk of heart disease in people with diabetes? I chat with Dr. Alice Cheng, a specialist in diabetes care and family medicine education, and I ask these questions, plus a few more which will help you to pose some questions for your own physician if you are concerned about type 2 diabetes and your heart. What warms our heart is knowing that our kids and grandkids are not only healthy physically, but also financially. But do your grandkids know about money? Are they financially literate? How can we help them to be so from a very young age? I talk with the co-founder and CEO of RBC Partner Money Prep, a program designed to teach smart money habits to kids. I know it's smart for me this morning, and that's to grab my coffee before we get into this show. It'll do your heart and your smarts and your fashionable parts some good. Eva Gerbesic is up first. Eva Gerbesic has always loved fashion. She remembers playing dress up in her mother's closet and pooling money together with her sisters in grade school and high school to buy the latest shoes and sweaters. She started her fashion career at 36 with a style blog. Today, Eva is an on-air style expert and content creator with her favorite app being TikTok. Style doesn't end at 39 or 59. I'm 59, Eva. I'm 47, so... Right? We're right there. So thank you for coming into the studio today. We're going to have a fun talk today and we're going to ask our listeners to visualize the coastal grandma look. So please describe to me and our listeners, what is the coastal grandma look? Okay, let's visualize it. Okay. <laughs> coastal grandma is all about... Beautiful neutrals and great fabrics like linens and cashmere and really beautiful pieces that are timeless and classic, not preppy, but not overly styled. And it really is about ease of dressing. And it's simple and it's fun. And it also not just a look, it's also a lifestyle. Okay. So think about if you love to bake, if you love to cook, if you love to garden, Ina Garten. What about Diane Keaton and something's got to give? Really, that is the vibe we are going for when we talk about Coastal Grandma. It's not just one visual. It's like almost, it's like a lifestyle. And it became like a, a real thing on social media, right? Like a few months ago, and Diane Keaton, you're right, is the one that I sort yep. of picture. The very sort of loose, flowy trousers and the snappy hats and scarves. But as you say, it's more of a lifestyle. Why do you think that took off like that? What was 
the appeal there? Well, you know what? It took off because of TikTok, mm. number yep. one. It was it was coined by a young woman on TikTok. It's really about those Nancy Meyer movies. Beautiful kitchens, beautiful way of living, the stress-free, not, not stress-free, but less stress than we have now. And it really is something about easy living, clean living that resonates with everyone. And it is something that we think about as we get older. Not being too fussy, not worrying about what we're wearing because we're we're comfortable in our mm-hmm. own skin. So we know what we like and we know those pieces in our closet that we're going to gravitate towards time and time. And think about it, linens and cashmere and wool and cotton, those are fabrics that we can wear all the time. They have longevity. Right, right. And I think, you know, when we think of, I, I remember somebody saying to me once, what am I, a grandma? When they were putting on a cardigan, I'm like, first of all, being a grandma's not in salt. Yep. Um, but secondly, yeah, coastal grandma is not about dressing with pearls and, you know, cardigans and things. It, it made grandma dressing cool. Is that fair? <laughs> yes, it is. And you know what? We're not even worried about being cool. We just right? know True. who we are. We know what we like. It's quality of life. It's quality of, of dressing. It's no fuss. Not that it's not beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just not overly done. That really is that coastal feeling vibe. And I like the fact that they've taken grandma and it's not a bad thing. Thank you. Yes, finally. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Honestly, I hate when people say anti-aging. Mm-hmm. The goal in life is to age. It's not just to stop at 39, it's to keep on going and get better with age because we have that confidence and that knowledge of what we want and what we like. And that really is part of the whole grandma, coastal grandma vibe. We know who we are. We don't have to add stuff to it. We're comfortable in our own skin. And you, you say, yeah, the goal of life is to age. You are absolutely right. But TikTok, and you've, you, you are big on TikTok, yep. and I know TikTok is a big part of how this coastal grandma phenomenon came about. So how are apps like TikTok, or specifically TikTok, changing the perception of grandmas and aging? Well, think about even when we watch TV, movies, culture. It's almost as if when we hit a certain age, and especially for women, mm-hmm. you don't see us on those platforms. We're not allowed to age gracefully on television, movies, and if we do, it's sort of like a gimmicky sideshow piece. Mm -hmm. So TikTok's really given women, specifically, an app that we can show who we are, not be filtered, not be overly done, and how we're living. And it's not just about, you know, you hit a certain age, then you're invisible, you sit in the kitchen, you sort of only do it on your grandchildren, you only do one thing and you sort of fit in a box. Mm -hmm. Where TikTok, you actually have to show your personality and what you're doing and break that mold of what society has put on women as we age and become grandmothers. Yeah, it's having a sort of, you know, your own platform to do with and not have the caricatures, as you say, that we often see. And you see things about fitness, you see things about fashion. So tell me, Eva, how do you feel about those ads that say things not to wear over the age of 50? (laughs) You know what, Kathy, was funny because when you first asked me the question, it's so ingrained in society that I automatically thought, yes, we should be dressing for our age. And it was I was actually embarrassed to think that right away. And then I decided to look at why I was thinking that. And I think the reason is youth is style. Youth, you're allowed to show your sexiness. You're allowed to show this personality. But when we age as women, at a certain age, we're supposed to stop. We're supposed to stop being sexual. We're supposed to stop Mm -hmm. feeling pretty. We're supposed to stop looking at ourselves. And that is almost like an internalized part of us. So I thought to myself, why do I feel that way? And, you know, at 47, I want to be able to dress how I want. I want to be able to follow trends if I want to. I want to be able to, you know, wear off the shoulder, fit a dress, because I feel comfortable and I feel good. So when I hear now, 
you know, should we dress for our age? We should dress for how we feel comfortable. Whether that is a plunging neckline mm-hmm. at whatever age or a sheer top with a bra, because heaven forbid that we show any type <laughs> of skin as we age. Because society told us it's not acceptable. And we're breaking those molds. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. And it's more dressing, I guess, your body type and your comfort level than it is the age doesn't really matter. No, and it used to. It Mm -hmm. used to before you, when you would look on any television show, if you look at ads, you would never see a woman over 40 in those TV shows. Ever. I remember uh, reading an article about Dynasty and the lead character. I forget now the woman's name, the blonde woman. Uh, Linda Evans. Linda Evans. Yes. (laughs) She said when she was given the part at 40... She was shocked. She was like, who is going to watch a 40-year-old woman on television? Wow. And I thought to myself, how long, like, you know, how far have we come? But how much farther do we have to go? Yeah. And that's why I love TV now, because we're getting that golden age where women over 50, 60, grandmas, grandfathers really are given a voice. Mm-hmm. And apps like TikTok are letting us show who we are and what we're doing now. We just haven't stopped living at 40 or 50 or 60. It keeps on getting better with age. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned before, sort of, if we want to follow trends, we should follow trends. So I follow you. So you're going to tell me what kind of trends are we looking for in the next uh, season, let's say fall and through winter? Well, I love the fact that flared jeans, mm. or flared pants, straight pants are back. Not that we should get rid of our skinny um, jeans. I'm wearing my skinnies right now, sorry. <laughs> I'm wearing my skinnies no, right now. Not, sorry. And I was going to say, not that we should get rid of that, 100%. Um, it's just now balance. Right. When you look at, you know, we balance our shoulders with the flares, with the straight pants. I love the fact that turtlenecks, sweaters, colors in, colored coats. There isn't any trend out there that I would say don't try. Okay. I would say, look at your body type. What are you comfortable with? And put whatever you want on. And the one thing I do want to say, ladies, is maybe if you haven't purchased a coat in a while or you're looking for something different, let's just try not to go with black. Yes. I bought a blue coat, a light blue sort of coat the other day. And I get so many compliments. It's the first non-black coat I've had in years, literally years. Well, I just got a black coat and that's the first black coat I purchased <laughs> in years. Because I, I have a blue coat that I wear all the time. Right. I compliments camel. I just got a bright pink coat, nice. which I'm really excited to wear. Nice. And I love following your fashion trends and you show us different ways to do things with how to tuck a shirt all the way up to how to put together a whole outfit. We can find Eva on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, of course, and her YouTube channel. And it is I-V-A-G-R-B-E-S-I-C. Thank you so much for coming in today, Eva. It's a pleasure seeing you. Thank you for having me, Kathy. Dr. Alice Cheng is a member of the Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism at Trillium Health Partners in Mississauga and Unity Health Toronto, and is an associate professor in the Department of Medicine at the University of Toronto. Good morning, Dr. Cheng. Thanks so much for joining us on this show. November is Diabetes Awareness Month, and I'm looking forward to getting some tips from you on how to successfully manage type 2 diabetes. Happy to be here, Kathy. Thanks so much. So let's get right into it. How can diabetes affect your heart? Well, people living with diabetes, whether it be type 1 or type 2 diabetes, are at increased risk of developing heart disease. And it partly is because of diabetes itself, but it's also because of the other things that can come along with diabetes often, such as things like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, Uh, perhaps a family history. So definitely people living with diabetes are at higher risk of developing heart disease. So what is the most important thing that Canadians with type 2 diabetes should know about their cardiovascular health? 
I think the most important thing to know is the fact that they can absolutely do something about it. Okay. It is very much in their hands uh, for things that they can do on a day-to-day basis, things they can do with their diabetes team in order to reduce that risk. So despite the fact that, yes, heart disease is the, the leading cause of death for people living with type 2 diabetes, it doesn't have to be that case for every individual. So. The, the kind of things that they can do are what we summarize in the Diabetes Canada guidelines as the A, B, C, D, E, S's. So we tried to come up with a <laughs> uh, mnemonic right. so that people can easily remember. And these are sort of the list of things that we want to get under control. So A stands for A1C, which is representative of your blood sugars. B is for blood pressure. C is for cholesterol. D is for specific drugs that have been shown to protect heart and kidneys. Uh, e is for exercise, eating, and then S is for smoking cessations or stopping smoking. So these are sort of the A, B, C, D, E, S that everybody living with diabetes should be aware of for themselves and, and sort of know where they are with respect to those. Yeah, I love that. The A, B, C, D, E, S is that makes it quite easy to sort of put things in, you know, in order and try to remember them for ourselves. So let's say we're doing all of these things, we're managing all of those things, but are there still certain groups with type 2 diabetes who are more at risk for cardiovascular health difficulties? For sure. So those who have a family history of cardiovascular disease, those who have other contributing risk factors like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, certain ethnicities are also at higher risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, and those living with uh, overweight or obesity may also be at higher risk. So in other words, those who have other risk factors beyond the diabetes or accompanying the diabetes, we can say, uh, are definitely at higher risk. Uh, but again, those strategies I mentioned earlier of the ABCDESs can help to lower that risk, and not just of heart disease, but also of other complications related to diabetes. So it's, it's very nice that with that one, you know, um, overarching strategy, you can really reduce many of the complications that may come with diabetes itself. So can you give me an example of what day-to-day changes people could, with type 2 diabetes could make to lower their risk? Like what can we start doing today? Sure. So I, I think the, the things that we can start doing today are around, uh, let's say, the, the choices that we make with respect to foods, with respect to physical activity. Uh, there's no one food group to eat or avoid mm. that's going to fix everything, right? This is more right. about global lifestyle. So making healthier choices, um, you know, more things like vegetables, increasing things like fiber, controlling portion size, uh, physical activity. So Standing's better than sitting, walking's better than standing. Uh, so any kind of movement is always appreciated. Uh, making sure that you're taking the medications that have been suggested to you. And, and I would also say that uh, I think we need to change the way we think about medications. For the longest time, we've thought about medications as things I take when I'm sick. Right. Whereas now we think of medications as things we take to help prevent getting sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so therefore, I, I like to t- tell people there are medications we offer to protect your heart, to protect your kidneys, to protect your brain. Therefore, as long as you have a heart, kidneys, and brain, it's important to continue to take these medications. So it's, it's a different way of framing how we think about uh, medications. And then, of course, regular visits with your diabetes team so that you can get your blood test done, your urine test done, and ensure that 
things are on track. Yeah, and you mentioned meeting with your diabetes team. So as a takeaway for our listeners, what are a couple of questions people should ask their physicians when it comes to their type 2 diabetes and their heart? I think they should ask, how, how are my ABCDESs? I think right. it's something that uh, would be worthwhile for everyone to know for themselves, to keep track of for themselves, uh, because it's a nice way to, to see how things are going. Uh, I think asking whether uh, I am on the all the medications that are available to help protect me, am I doing everything I can to, to help myself? Uh, and there's also a, a website people can go to, which uh, they can learn more about this. Uh, which is www.myheartmatters.ca. As well, there's the Diabetes Canada website, which has some fantastic resources as well as guidelines uh, that are directed towards people living with diabetes. So there's many things that I think people can do to, to help themselves. And the My Heart Matters website is terrific also for what are the symptoms of diabetes. It's got just a a wealth of information there. And it also has a link to uh, Cart to Table, which is a great place that we could go to to look for some of those healthy recipes and the right foods that you were talking about earlier. Absolutely. And if we want to find you, Dr. Chang, we can find you on Twitter at Alice Y.Y. Chang. And again, that website to go to is myheartmatters.ca. I really appreciate your advice on this. Thank you so much. Thanks very much for having me, Kathy. Okay, take care. Pam Leonage is co-founder and co-CEO of Money Prep, a program designed to teach smart money habits to kids. Pam describes Money Prep as a collision of her two favorite worlds, her professional world of banking and finance and her personal world of her family and kids. She has used her experiences in both of those worlds to develop a financial literacy program that helps the next generation learn about the world of money in a fun and engaging way. Pam and her team are on a mission to reach and teach as many kids as they can about how to be smart with spending, how to start saving, and the need to budget, all the real-world skills and habits that are essential to grow up financially healthy. Good morning, Pam. Thanks so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC series this morning. My pleasure. Happy to be here. So we are going to talk about Money Prep, which is a cool new app to help kids and grandkids get some financial literacy. So tell me a little bit about the background on developing Money Prep and what the program offers. Sure. I'm happy to share. The roots of the Money Prep program are really in the classroom. We are an education technology company, but I always put a heavy focus on the word education because our mission and our North Star is Simply put, to teach the next generation those financial skills that we didn't learn growing Mm up. Uh, (laughs) We want to make sure they understand how to navigate money in the real world and make smart, well-informed decisions. Yeah, it can be as simple as how does a credit card work? I know I had that question for my kids when they were younger. So how have you and the RBC team been working together on Money Prep and what's coming up for us? Yeah, we've been working together um, in a number of ways. We're super excited to work with RBC as uh, as they are definitely a company that cares about the next generation. And we've, we've done a few different initiatives and campaigns. For example, one of the things we're working on right now is we're participating in a financial wellness initiative that's in schools across the country. And we're also available for RBC clients on the offers platform. So for those of us who haven't seen the app yet, can you walk me through it a bit and tell me what I'll see when I get in there? 
Yeah, sure. So we're actually, there's two components to our program. One is a full set of teacher resources. So if you have any teachers listening to the program, we've developed a whole blueprint um, of lesson plans, activities, worksheets that will help them to introduce financial literacy into their classrooms with confidence. And then the, the second component to our program is the really fun part, the learning game component. And this is kind of like Super Mario meets <laughs> financial literacy. <laughs> so I love that. It's a really, yeah, it's a really fun way to learn. And uh, we wanted to make sure that the kids and the students are coming back to play more, to learn more, and to practice more. Because that's how the, the skills are going to stick and, um, and become a habit. So what age group would you say this is uh, great for, Pam? The learning games are for ages 5 to 12, so grades 1 to 6. And yeah, it's available for any student, any child, anybody. That's wonderful. Yeah, and it's such a fun way to learn, as you say, and just doing it sort of, right? Getting into the action of actually doing it and understanding it versus sort of just hearing about it, I think is, is much more, you know, kids are going to grab onto that a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. Where can listeners learn more about Money Prep and your partnership? I'm interested to know how that's going. Sure. So you can uh, definitely check out the RBC Offers platform. If you are a client, you can log into your online banking or mobile banking and, and find us there. Uh, but you can also check out our website, which is moneyprep.com. And uh, we have everything outlined on there for anybody who wants to learn more about the program or check it out and try it. So you have kids of your own, I believe, Pam. Yeah, I sure do. I have four boys. You have four boys. Now, what is their age range? <laughs> um, now they're ranging in age between 12 to 18. So how would you say their financial literacy is going and have they been able to use the app right in front of you? I'm sure they were really a great part of the motivation for you to do this. Yes, they were a great part of the motivation, and um, they've also helped develop. Oh, wow. You know, in the initial stages of our of our program, uh, we were going out to classrooms, we were going to health clubs, anywhere where there was groups of kids, and we were testing the program, testing the, the concept, making sure that everything is relevant for them and usable. And so, yeah, we've, we've kind of built this program with kids for kids. That is so cool. Yeah. So any tips on when parents are saying, well, I, maybe my child is not there to five, they're already 10 years old. Anything that you should start talking about? What do you think are the, the sort of the basics that you should start talking about in terms of understanding money and financial literacy? Yeah, I think the basics start with how to save and how to spend. Okay. And so for whatever age range they want to start at, I always kind of go back to my, my basics foundations of, you know, spend, save and give. Okay. So take those three jars and make sure you've got, uh, you know, money set aside for each of those reasons. And that's the best place to start. And so starting them off with the understanding that money isn't infinite. Yeah. That there's a set amount of money that we're going to have to divide into these sort of different buckets. Yep, exactly. Yeah, just that there's a a need there. Money can be used in many different ways. You need to spend on things to live. You also need to save for later. And you also need to have a giving component because that makes you really appreciate and value money as well. Yeah, I love that. I love the giving component. Yeah. And if we want to find more about Money Prep, we can certainly find the app, but we can go to moneyprep.com. And the same for LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, we can find you at Money Prep. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Pam. The best color in the whole world is the one that looks good on you. Ah, thank you, Coco Chanel. So maybe the coastal grandma look isn't for you, but maybe you want to find out what it is. You need to follow Eva Gerbesic on Instagram. I know I get some great fashion tips from her there. 
Take care of your heart, please, and remember to visit the My Heart Matters website for the information you need on how diabetes affects your heart, and maybe click on the Cart to Table link found there to get some terrific heart-healthy recipes you and your grandkids will enjoy. Next week on GoToGrandma, Everything Old is New Again. Might be a good tagline. I talk with technology expert and friend of the show, Mohit Rajans, about seniors and the socials, social media, that is. More in-depth insight on how the 55-plus age group is tearing up TikTok amongst other social media channels. If you've lived in Toronto for the past 25 years, chances are you've taken your kids or your grandkids to a Ross Petty holiday pantomime show. Happily, Ross returns to the stage this year as Captain Hook, one of his favorite villains to play. Sadly, it's the last time the show will be mounted, so you need to listen to my interview with Ross on the legacy of the show and why he's drawing the curtain down for the last time. Plus, we all heard the barking about what was going to happen to the Queen's corgis when she passed. Have you included your pets in your estate planning? No, I'm not kidding you, so you'd better quit dogging this issue and start ferreting away some funds for your furry friends. Our Take 5 with RBC interview next week. Thanks for listening this week. I hope you find, as I do, that it's a great start to a Saturday morning. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please hit that subscribe button if you would. I'm Kathy Buckworth. You've been listening to Go To Grandma. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.